Shri Vishnu Sahasranama name 834 is Amurti. This is the first of three names which begin with A. The next two are Anaga and Achintya. So A, in many cases, not all cases, A at the beginning of a word acts in the sense of negation, or in the case of the next name, anaga, it's an, a becomes an, next letter, aga, it's anagha, aga means sin, and anagha means without sin. And here we have omurti, murti means form, and a means without form. <coughs> Parashrabhata, no, I'll just go back. Uh, without form. There are many names in Vishnu Sahasranam which begin with a, uh, the letter a, uh, or a as we say in English. And not all of them have a uh, at the beginning in the sense of negation. But here are some of them, just some of them. Achala, Achuta, Adhrita, Adrisha, Agrahya, Aja, Ajita, Akrura, Akshara, Amani, Ameyatna, Anitasana, Amitavikrama, Amoga, Amityu, Anadi, Anamaya, Ananta, Anarta, Anisha, Anila, Animisha. Parasha Bhatta interprets the next few names or brings out the meaning of the names to show that Bhagavan is very different from the jivas over whom he presides. <clears throat> this difference, the huge difference between the Lord and his dependents is very much emphasized by Sri Madhvacharya and his followers. The Sri Vaishnava philosophy of Parashrabhata, of course, is a great Acharya in the line of Ramanuja, Sri Vaishnavism. So the Sri Vaishnava philosophy uh, is known as Vishishtadvaita, Sharia Shariari Bhav, Vishishtadvaita. So it is a kind of qualified monism. But here, it, it's a qualified monism, means there's difference also. So, practically, although there is much, or has been much debate between the various Vaishnav Sampradayas over the intricacies of their philosophical understandings, and we can see here that although Parashrabhata represents the Vishishtadvaita school, it's defined in terms of Advaita, he, all the Sri Vaishnava Acharyas are on the same page in as much as basically they all present that Bhagavan and his dependents, the Jivas, there's a huge difference between them. <clears throat> Amurti, Murti refers to form. It's a common term. Uh, used in 
Vedic religious circles especially to mean the deity form of the Lord, Sri Vigraha, wrongly called in Indian English usage, idol. So Amurti literally means who has no form. This is the kind of description that the non-devotee impersonalists love. They just latch onto it and take it as the defining feature of the Supreme, no form. Well, also here in Vishnu Sahasranam, we have names which very much establish his form, such as Chaturbahu or Chaturbhuja, both of them means who has four arms, which means he has a form. Names like Srinivas, the abode of Lakshmi. Uh, of course, that can be understood in other ways also. But it points to a personality. The logic of the impersonalist is that murti, form, refers to that which is visible, tangible, movable, with specific attributes of mass, weight, dimension. But these properties bring with them limitations. For instance, if a form is 80 kilos in weight, it means it's not 180 kilos in weight. And specifically, if we say that the Supreme is formless and all-pervading, which all followers of Vedanta accept, the Supreme is formless and all-pervading. Goya Vaishnas accept this as the Brahman feature of the Lord. So if that is to be accepted, then a form means is in a one place at one time and is not all-pervading, is not everywhere. So how can it be claimed that the all-pervading can have a form, just as space has no particular form, space is all-pervading. Also, all things that have a form are perishable, comes into being and after some time is destroyed. However, Narayana is described as infinite and eternal and is thus formless. And the form we see of Narayana with four hands is just a lower feature of his being, according to the Mayavadi impersonalists. However, uh, although this logic uh, is certainly applicable to everything material, it has to be understood that Narayana is non-material. And being Achintya, this, this name will come up after two more names comes Achintya, being beyond the power of us to fully understand, he's infinite and unlimited which means 
that he is beyond <clears throat> the limitations of what we with our tiny intelligence can understand. Being unlimited means that he encompasses, and infinite means that he encompasses everything, including form and formlessness. And he's beyond, unlimited means beyond all limitations that anything of material form is, by definition, bound by. So Vishnu is called Amurti because there's no limitation on him whatsoever. In Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya Leela, chapter 6, we find a discussion between Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sabhavam Bhattacharya. Sabhavam Bhattacharya was a great impersonalist who was trying to establish from the Vedas that the ultimate is formless, <clears throat> impersonal. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't deny that there are such statements in the Vedic literature. But he said, Nirvishesh tare kahe jai shruti gan prakrita nishedi kare aprakrita sthapan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, wherever there is an impersonal description in the Vedas, the Vedas mean to establish that everything belonging to the Supreme Personality of Godhead is transcendental and free of mundane characteristics. <clears throat> I'll read from Srila Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Srila Prabhupada says, There are many impersonal statements about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Srila Prabhupada is referring here to the Shruti, because the Shruti, the Vedas, because that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, that the Shruti does talk about the Supreme Lord as being impersonal, or nirvishesha, means without characteristics, characteristic-less, not just formless, but without form, without qualities, without names, just, just, and that's it, just like that. So Srila Prabhupada goes on in his purport to quote from Shvetashvatara Upanishad. Apani pado javanograhita pasyatya chakshu sashunotya karna saveti vedyang na cha tasyasti veta tam ahur agriyam purushang mahantam. Continuing Srila Prabhupada's purport, Although the Supreme Lord is described as having no hands and legs, he nevertheless accepts all sacrificial offerings. He has no eyes, yet he sees everything. He has no ears, yet he hears everything. When it is stated that the Supreme Lord has no hands and legs, one should not think that he is impersonal. Rather than... Rather, he has no mundane hands or legs like ours. He has no eyes, yet he sees. This is quoting from the uh, <coughs> verse which was just read from Shvetashvata Upanishad. Pasyatyachakshuhu, which means he sees, although he has no eyes. 
Srila Prabhupada continues, this means that he does not have mundane limited eyes like ours. Rather, he has such eyes that he can see past, present and future everywhere in every corner of the universe and in every corner of the heart of every living entity. Thus, the impersonal descriptions in the Vedas intend to deny mundane characteristics in the Supreme Lord. They do not intend to they, they do not intend to establish the Supreme Lord as impersonal. And the next verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita spoken by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is in Sanskrit and it's quoted from Chaitanya Chandrodaya Natak by Kavi Karnapa. Ya ya shutir jalpati nir vishesham sa sabhidate sa vishesham eva Vichari yoga sati hantata sang prayo baliya savisheshameva. Whatever Vedic mantras describe the Absolute Truth impersonally only prove in the end that the Absolute Truth is a person. The Supreme Lord is understood in two features, impersonal and personal. If one considers the Supreme Personality of Godhead in both features, one can actually understand the Absolute Truth. He knows that the personal understanding is stronger because we see that everything is full of variety. No one can see anything that is not full of variety. Uh, similarly, Madhvacharya quoting from a fairly well-known verse from the Shvetashvata Upanishads. The verse is, Eko deva sarva bhuteshu gura sarva vyapi sarva bhutantaratna sarva bhuta divasa sakshi cheta kevalo nirguna cha nirguna Madhvacharya says that nirguna means prakrita guna rahityam the absence of all mundane qualities, but not the absolute absence of attributes. This is because right from the first word of this verse, Eka, up to Kevala, there are nine adjectives. So if something has no qualities or attributes, how can there be any adjectives about it? So to call Vishnu Nirguna, taking it by the absolute literally meaning, would defeat all the rules of interpretation, mimamsa, accepted by all schools of Vedic philosophy, and would deny the Upanishads as being a Purusheya. He explains, Madhvacharya explains, color and form as we know them, are products of the elements. And he, Vishnu, is far above the influence of the elements. He's different from the elements. Hence, he is called colorless and formless. In other words, his colors and his forms are not products of matter. Material color and form are not him. <coughs> His color and form are part, they're all 
Satchidananda. His form is Satchidananda. Parashrabhata explains this name similarly to say that he has a body, but it's not a body, he has a form. And when we say a murti, it means he doesn't have a form that is a product of karma, like all the forms of living beings in material existence. His form is quite different from the gross bodies that we conditioned souls inhabit one after another. Our bodies are composed of five elements. <clears throat> so, descriptions in the Shruti, uh, which, do, which could be taken in, impersonally, they have to be seen, con seen in context. Uh, we have from Ishavasya Upanishad, Ishopanishad. Saparyagaj chukram akaya mavranam asnaviram shuddham apapa vidham kavir manishi paribhu swayam bhur yathatatyator tan vyadadhaj chashvati bhya samabhya. Saha, that person, we're referring to a person because this is the Isha. Isha, Isha Vasya Upanishad, Isha, which is specifically a description of Isha, the Supreme Lord, which is clear from the very beginning, the first word of the Upanishad, Isha Vasya Midam Sarvam. Everything in this, everything here in this world is under his control. So, Paryagat. One must know in fact, must know him in fact. So we have words here like akayam, without body, asnaviram, without veins. But it has to be understood in context. Srila uh, trans translates this verse, such a person. Uh -huh. now, now we're referring to the person who... <coughs> who should know the Supreme Lord. Such a person must factually know, the, factually know the greatest of all, the personality of Godhead, who is unembodied, omniscient, beyond reproach, without veins, pure and uncontaminated, the self-sufficient philosopher who has been following, who has been fulfilling everyone's desires since time immemorial. Srila Prabhupada begins his purport to this verse by saying that here is a description of the transcendental, eternal form of the absolute personality of Godhead. So all of this is to be understood in context. We have also in Bhagavad Gita, Janma Karma Chamedivyam. My birth and my karma, my, my activities they're all transcendental. He's not an ordinary person. Elsewhere in Gita he says, Namam karamani limpanti. I am not affected by the rules of karmic action and reaction as are conditioned human beings. There are so many statements in the Vedic literature. 
in Srimad Bhagavatam, we have Etad Ishanam Ishasya Prakriti Stopitad Gunain Nayujate Sadatma Stahi. The very definition of the Supreme Lord being the Supreme Lord, as we see him and understand him as he comes in this world, he is situated in this material world, and he might appear to be part of it, but he's forever aloof from it because he's situated in his own transcendental nature. The word Amurti comes in Srimad Bhagavatam also. In a verse which in the same verse we have the word murti twice and purusham puman, these words, which indicate a person. So I'll read this is from Bhagavatam Canto 1, chapter 5, text 38. <clears throat> Iti murtya bhidhanena mantra murtim amurtikam yajate yagya purusham sasamyag darshana puman. Srila Prabhupada's translation of this verse. Thus, he is the actual seer who worships in the form of transcendental sound representation, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu, who has no material form. In the purport, Srila Prabhupada writes, in the Amarakosh Sanskrit Dictionary, the word Murti carries import in twofold meanings, namely form and difficulty. Therefore, a murtikam is explained by Acharya Sri Vishnu Chakravartakura's meaning without difficulty. Uh, from Banu Maharaja's translation of Vishnu Chakravartakura's comments on this verse, a murtikam can also mean that the Lord who is not hard, but rather soft with mercy. Amarakosh says, Murtihi kartinya kayaya. Murti means hard and body. Amurti could be understood to mean not one form or not one fixed form. He's not one's specific form. Well, he's many specific forms. He's Matsya, Korama, Varaha, Narasimha. He can appear to us in the form of water, in the sound, because he is everything. Rasoham, Apsokantaya. I am the taste of water. He comes as death. Mrityu Sarvaharashchaham. I am death, all-devouring death. So for those who don't approach Krishna lovingly, they meet Krishna as death. So he has many forms. In one sense, you can say he's formless because everything is a representation of him. Shankara defines murti as an object, moving or non-moving, that has weight and tangibility. Murti Ghanarupam Dharana Samartam Charachara Lakshanam. 
since Vishnu is not constrained by any of the limitations which are on forms as we know them, he is a murti. Vishnu says, Tadrahita iti amurti. See, even Shankara, the leader of the impersonalists, doesn't interpret this in a wholly impersonal way. It can be understood very well in terms of Vaishnava understanding. Uh, so his form is not the form of humans, even though he appears almost as if he is human. In this regard, there is a verse in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Kritavan kilakarmani sahara mena keshava atimartyani bhagavan guhya kapatamanasaha. Vyasadeva clearly states that Krishna and Balaram performed activities in this world appearing as if they're ordinary human beings, but actually they're not ordinary human beings. It's a kind of cheating or deception that they appeared like ordinary human beings because they are atimatya. They are beyond the limitations of human beings, specifically the limitation of death. They are Bhagavan, Keshava and Balaram. They are Bhagavan, they are the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Radha Krishna Shastri, a commentator here on Vishnu Sahasranam, says that he's commenting on Shankara's commentary. Shankara defines Murti as Ghana Rupa, means a, a compact, specific, composed form. He again interprets that apart from its straightforward or obvious meaning. It's to say that this means consumable food, food which is of two kinds, moving and non-moving. Just like a mouse is moving and it's food for a cat. And rice is non-moving and it's food for a human. So murti, he says, form referred to here is the form that requires sustenance. Uh, it, I, whatever it is, something that's going to be food itself requires sustenance in order to it requires food so it become, can become food for others. The point he's making is that every form relies on other forms. But Vishnu's form is not like that. Therefore, he's called a murti. Radha Krishna Shastri also says that murti means a form which is given to us for enjoying and suffering our karma. And Bhagavan doesn't have such a form which is the result of karma. Therefore, he's amurti. So in another way, he's echoing what others have said. He goes on, Radha Krishna Shastri goes on to say that 
Brahman is like fire, inasmuch that it has no fixed shape or form, it can go to be huge. Uh, in this regard, Satyadeva Vashishta quotes the following Rig Vedic mantra, which describes Agni as formless. Agnim hotaram pravrne medhe gritsam kavim vishamidam amuram. Amuram uh, is taken as amuritam. So it can be said that fire is formless because it has no fixed form. It's always changing. So in this way, Brahman can be understood in in the same way. As she has form, but because we can't get a grip on its form, we can't, we can't define its form because its form is always changing. Now, of course, this goes against other understandings of the Lord being uh, <clears throat> Abhyaya, never diminishing, never changing, but then he's unlimited, so he can be seen from different perspectives. He is form and formless. Here's a uh, very interesting comment by Krishadatta Bharadvaj. It seems that no others had thought of this one, but it, it's uh, a different angle altogether on the name Amurti. Amurti means negating, not Amurti, not a form. But Brilliantly, Krishna Datta Bharadvaj takes it to mean that he is the murti of a. A is the first letter of the alphabet, and specifically, Krishna Datta Bharadvaj takes a here to mean a as the first of the three letters which constitute pranav om. So, in Many different interpretations, many different interpretations of the word Om, what these three letters mean, uh, but A uh, in many interpretations is taken to mean Vishnu. So he is the very form of that which is represented by or is A uh, in Om. And to corroborate this, uh, Vedanta Deshika quotes from a text called the Ashta Shloki uh, to say, Akar Artho Vishnu Jagadudaya Raksha Pralayakrit. A Karam, the letter A, refers to Vishnu in his role as the creator, protector, and destroyer of the universe. And in this Discussion, which from Vedanta Deshika's Rahasya Traya Saram, Vedanta Deshika brings out the point that Bhagavan is a murti because there is a relationship between the soul and the body with which it is associated. This is true of the conditioned soul. The soul is formless. In the conditioned state, it doesn't manifest a form. 
but it supports the body that it's associated with. But Bhagavan is to us unseen in his role as supporting all the forms within this universe. There's no difference between his body and his soul. Dehi deho vibhago yam neshvare vidyate kvachit. Dehi deho vibhago yam neshvare vidyate kvachit. This is from Varaha Purana, which Srila Prabhupada quotes often, that in the case of this Supreme Lord, there's no difference between his body and the soul. It's not that he has a soul. He is the Supreme Soul. Uh, in this regard, it would seem to be an obvious quote, which, which has not been quoted by the commentators, from Bhagavad Gita, Aksharanam Akarosmi. Krishna says, while describing his vibhutis to Arjuna, his opulences as seen in the material world, he says, among letters, I am a, the first letter. Baladevidya Bhushan, in his commentary on Amurti, picks up on this point that we've just discussed it. He does not have a body, Murti, which is different from his very self. His body is his soul. And in this regard, Srila Baladev Vidya Bhushan quotes from Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad, Atmetevopasita. One should meditate on him as the Supreme Soul. He is Atma. He is Atma. He also quotes in this regard from uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Baladevidya Bhushan quotes, Satya Jnana Ananda Ananda Matraikara Samurtayaha. The immutable bodies of the Supreme consist exclusively of eternity, knowledge, and unlimited bliss. Satyananda Vigraha. Vyasadeva, in his Brahma Sutras, states the same thing in the section. There's a whole section discussing this, beginning with the sutra, Arupavad Eva Tat Pradhanatvad, that he is said to be without form, Arupa. Arupa means more or less the same thing as Amurti. He's said to be formless because his very self is his form, which is superior to anything material. Uh, we also find elsewhere in the Brahma Sutras of Vyasadeva, Samana Evangchabhedat. Although the Supreme Lord's form has dimension or is seen to have dimension, it is fully spiritual for there's no difference in its nature. It's not that the form is different from the soul. These are very deep topics. Uh, they have been dis points of discussion. 
for centuries and probably will continue to be so. We who are fortunate to be in the shelter of the Vaishnava Acharyas know that the very term Amurti does not deny the form of the Supreme Lord, but emphasizes the transcendence of his eternally blissful spiritual form, who is he? Parivadatu jano yata tata va nanu mukaro navayang vichara yamaha Hari rasamadi ramada timata bhuvivilu tamanatama nirvishama Hari Krishna Hari Krishna 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 Hari 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 Rama Hari Rama 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 Hari Hari 